a playlist original. Coming soon. 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 A playlist original, this is the Films at Home Podcast, your source for everything home entertainment. Hey everyone, what's going on? Jeff here from Films at Home, and welcome back to the Films at Home Podcast. Today, we have a really exciting guest. I'm going to be talking to Matt Ferguson, who is an artist and graphic designer from over in the UK, across the pond, Matt has worked on a lot of really cool movie posters, but also has done some great artwork for 4K and Blu-ray releases. You probably have seen his work. He's done steelbooks for Best Buy. He's done artwork for Shout Factory. He's done 4K exclusives over in the UK for Studio Canal. And if you have any Avengers or Marvel Phase 1 box set, you probably have seen his art before. He's big on Twitter. He has a ton of followers, and his artwork has uh, recently been recognized for some awards. And I think he's sort of up and coming in the movie poster game, and I would love to see more of his artwork on on 4K and Blu-ray. So we're going to talk with him about you know how he got started, how it is working with a, a massive conglomerate like Marvel uh, and Disney. We're going to talk about you know his collection, some of his likes, some of his sort of philosophies behind artwork for 4K and Blu-ray and for movie posters, um, and just kind of just chat and talk about you know how he got into this and his sort of cool. Uh, unique role within the physical media and home entertainment industry. So sit back, relax, enjoy the interview, and I uh, will talk to you guys at the end. All right, everyone. So here is our interview. I'm here with Matt Ferguson today. So super excited to talk to him about some of the artwork on your favorite Blu-ray and 4K releases. I'm sure you guys have seen some of his work out there. And I know it's a, uh, a hot topic sometimes is, is the artwork that comes with our, our favorite movies. So really excited to have Matt on the podcast today. Um, Want to just give a little background on what you do and who you are? That'd be awesome. Hi. Yeah, uh, I'm Matt Ferguson. Uh, I'm, I, I, I mostly, can't pronounce the word I was going to say there, I mostly work in... Uh, film posters and marketing for, for for movies, but also I do a lot of work in like um, home entertainment as well. So DVD covers, uh, specifically, I seem to end up doing a lot of like the anniversary re-releases on old films, which is cool because that's the sort of stuff that I'm interested in anyway. So, and there seems to be a new wave of like uh, remastered versions of old films at the moment um and it's a it's a good way to give somebody di something different with new artwork and stuff like that so that's kind of like what i do i just sort of make the artwork for stuff you're the man who makes the art um so did you start did, did you start in movie posters and then you sort of moved over to home entertainment or yeah how, how well you... yeah yeah i sort of do both so i started out um like back in 2011 and the first thing I ever did was uh, I did a fan fan art for the Avengers uh, when that was coming out, and I don't know how it happened, but basically it got it got seen at at, at the studio, and uh, Mark Ruffalo wanted a copy, so somebody contacted me from uh, Disney Marvel saying, "Are you the guy that made this?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I thought that they were just sort of it was like a prank because. 
I was I, I was working in a shop at the time. I wasn't like um, established at all, and um, but it was real. So then sent over a copy of the poster, um, and then the next thing they hired me to do the artwork for the Phase One box set of all the Marvel movies, and that was like my first ever proper design job. Um, so I just jumped in at the deep end, and that's where I started. Um, and then I, I did that, and then I didn't really do anything because you know you do your first job, and then nothing happens basically. So I started doing stuff for myself again, and then doing posters for galleries in the US. And then you just sort of build up a reputation, and then it hit again big when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I did a stupid sort of mashup poster of Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy because I, at the time working in the shops, so I we were talking about it, me and a friend at the, at the store and they were like, it looks stupid, that film. What, what, what's so dumb, a talking tree? And I was like, no, 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 Marvel are brilliant. This will be their Star Wars. And then I was like, so I thought for fun, I would do a mashup of the Star Wars poster. And it went viral online and sort of got more attention on me and then more work. And then I just sort of do, I do a lot of work with Marvel. Um, so that's sort of like the new films. Um, and then I've done stuff for, for like classic movies as well. Like the big one being, um, Empire Strikes Back did post the poster for the 40th. I saw that and, uh, you won an award for that one, huh? Apparently I won an award. It's my first award <laughs> from this German podcast thing. <laughs> I was like, I won an award. Cause usually with awards, I think you have to sort of pay to get the award you know in design in the in the industry you sort of have to put your name in the hat so to speak and i've never done that because i don't care I, I just do this stuff really for myself and then it's a bonus when other people like it and people give me money to do it to be honest um so yeah i got an award for that one <laughs> poster of the year <laughs> yeah no that uh that poster's uh I was, I was taking a look at it actually it almost reminds me of like the the old japanese star wars posters and the design of it I, I really liked it. I, I don't know. There's something about the the lines and just the you know you were you were using the lasers as like these these guiding lines to this image in the middle. It was it was really really nice. Just trying to sort of do something sort of graphic and and less floating heads because obviously there's a lot of it's easy to go down the floating heads route with a poster, but um, it can also be seen as sort of detrimental sometimes if it's done well by somebody like, you know, like Drew Struzan and it's done properly, then it can be amazing. But also even Drew Struzan, like his best posters is like the thing poster and the back to the future poster, which aren't floating head posters. They're more sort of illustrated. So yeah, it's that sort of design element. Cause I'm, I'm I wouldn't say I'm a very good artist in terms of technical ability. Can't really draw for shit, to be honest. But I can. <laughs> I think I can design something, and I can come up with an idea and a layout and a composition and stuff. So that's kind of like my strong suit, which works on packaging because they want it to stick out on a shelf. Still, that is something that they want, even though nobody goes into stores to buy stuff anymore. They still want stuff to stick out on a shelf. Well, yeah, and it's and it's got to. It's uh it's gotta stick out on Instagram feeds and I suppose yeah, now, yeah. you know, it's a different shelf, right? And and that's the that's the thing. You you go from, you know, you get a twenty seven by forty poster, that's one thing, but now 
you know, you know, you have to consolidate that down into this little Blu-ray box and you really have to like That's maximize the space and, and yeah, make sure it's a design that people can actually, you know, you don't have that space to see these little details. So it kind of has to be like this uh, really, it, I, I don't know, I see a lot of minimalist approach to some of the box art and I, and I kind of like it. I always enjoy that because if it's too busy, you know, it's like, it's like, that'd be good for a poster, but it's a lot. It's, it's a lot for a Blu-ray artwork. So I do have, I have the, the Marvel phase one set that's, that's blown up on TikTok a couple times. People will, will love looking at that with the artwork on it for all those individual discs. And uh, the one in the the briefcase with the light up. Yeah. Everything's in there and, and they have all their own, individual little sleeves which is like this this really cool sort of like minimalist approach that you took to those which i was to be honest because i didn't really know what i was doing then so all i could really do was really simple uh graphic things with photoshop you know because i work digitally um which a lot of people think oh photoshop's rubbish it's like you hear that a lot of time like oh that's a rubbish photoshop poster and it's like anything it's just a tool uh and it can be used either well you know, good by somebody or badly. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is they're probably all photoshops, right? And when it's, when it's good, you, you don't notice it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, 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 a photo sort of poster, like a modern poster can still be good. It's like, they've just the new Thor poster. That's obviously a, a photo comp, but it's pretty cool. It's like a good, uh, different poster you know the color and the layout and and stuff so again it's just is it good yep that's always my sort of metric for anything in my life is it good do i like it i don't care how it was made oh it's oh it's oh it's not proper it's like in the art world with the posters and stuff a lot of people sort of really highly prize like screen printed posters so that sort of sort of handmade sort of and it it's a little bit pretentious really because if the poster's good it doesn't matter if, if somebody's i like i've always said that it's in a frame it it's it, it looks good or it doesn't doesn't really matter how it was made yeah no i'm uh i'm with you you know I, I don't really if it looks great i don't care if you drew it or if you use photoshop or you know i don't care if you know you use Microsoft Paint, for all I care, if it looks right, um, then, you know, we want to see something <laughs> yeah. that looks good. I don't really care how the sausage is made, you know, it's, it, it's make it look right, how, whatever it takes. So, yeah, so, so working, so like working with Marvel, like, how is that? Because obviously it's, uh, I don't know if you're under all these like secret wraps that they, they put the actors under and uh, are, you know, yeah. are you getting like these crazy NDAs up the yin yang? So I'm always under NDA. Um, but that's kind of like, obviously, so you don't give up any secrets because you're making a poster and they will sort of show you, um, stuff from the film. Sometimes I'm like, why did you show me that? You didn't have to show me that. So you're getting movies spoiled for you (laughs) by making artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a few times I'm like, oh, great. But, um, working with them is brilliant to be honest. It's always been really good. They've always just sort of let me do what I want. I don't know if it's just cause like my sort of sensibilities tie up with theirs or they just sort of respect the sort of creativity, the sort of, I don't know, like people having ideas and doing something different because, um, I've worked with other places and other people where it's much more, they hold your hand and they give you a full on brief 
and it's got to be it's very specific. Obviously, if you're doing like a Doctor Strange poster, you're going to have Benedict Cumberbatch on there, so it, it, it's a no-brainer. Some of it, but it's like the Empire Strikes Back, which was with Disney. Yeah, this is, so it's basically the same people that work with on Marvel. They just said, "Do the Empire Strikes Back poster, please." And then I came up with it. There was no sort of like it has to have this on, it has to have that on. Came up with the ideas. You so you do like three or four ideas, and it's the same with everybody. You'll do like a like a three different ideas, and then they usually pick one, or they'll say we like that bit on that, and we like this bit on that, and then you mold it together into something um, more final. It's interesting because you you can see that you can see that come across in their content too, versus like a DC where you've had all this studio interference, it almost feels like Marvel allows the filmmakers to do what they want. And I know I can personally be tough on um, Disney and Marvel because I want them to do more for physical media, but there's no denying that like the content they're putting out there is, I mean, it's, it's revolutionary. They've just, they own the entertainment world right now. And I think it is because they let people be creative. Like, yeah, I, I don't see like, would DC have ever greenlit a Guardians of the Galaxy type of movie? Like, not until Marvel did it, and then they tried and they failed a couple times. Exactly, they do it. They do it after. Yeah, I will say this though: the new Batman movie is absolutely brilliant and seems like a real. It's weird to say. It seems like a real film. It's like a self-contained. Which is kind of fresh at the moment because obviously there's been this whole thing where you've got to have an Easter egg for the next movie, which is great and I love and I'm well into that obviously with all the Marvel films. But what was great about this one was it was self-contained, but it also just felt like um, it's hard to put a finger on really, just like a, a singular voice behind it. Almost. Apart from the Joker scene, which was stupid. They, they probably could have just, you know, I'm kind of glad at first. I was like, man... I saw the deleted scene and I was like, I, I think I wanted that in it. But then thinking about it, I'm kind of glad they cut it. And I kind of wish they just cut the end yeah. of it too and not done that and just, you know, let that happen organically. But I mean, you're right. That's probably the best. I mean, that that's up there with Joker. Like when they do these sort of singular character focuses, you can almost remove Batman or Joker from that movie. And it's still a good movie. And that's that's the sort of thing. That's the thing that interested me so much uh, with the Batman. No, I agree. And yeah. this new movie was like, first of all, it's the detective Batman that like I grew up on with the animated series. Like, it felt much more in line with yeah, my childhood totally, yeah. versus the almost Iron Man Batman that they were trying to create with like Ben and like they were they were almost trying to do this. Like, I have all these superpowers and crazy money and crazy gadgets, and I was just like, just just give me that sweet black muscle car you know just a regular old costume like give me the detective story the gritty you know the, the dirty detective story and it was it was awesome so I, I am hopeful that they take the success of that and turn it into you know sort of a different path and the filmmakers go and like matt reeves obviously nailed that and that was a lot of his creative vision so you know when you mess with that that's been their issue in the past and i'm i do give marvel props for like letting taiko watiti direct thor movies like like who would have yeah, and then it's so different as well. It's obvious that they've let him sort of within. There's obviously parameters because there's going to be, but it, it's so different to the previous Thor movie that it's definitely got to be down to like his creative decisions and the fact that they let him do that. And then it's got like 
you know, Jeff Goldblum in it being hilarious and stuff. It's just like, <laughs> it's just great. So, yeah, love those movies. Right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear they're letting you run with it because I always think, you know, I, I think Disney and I think you've got the, you get the big mouse and they're very strict, but I do think that they've allowed creatives to flourish. So that's good to hear. It's, it's That's my whole experience with them has always just been like, yeah, they just sort of go, you do this, please. Um, and there's no parameters really other than, um, you know, typical stuff, which you would, you wouldn't do anyway. It's just stupid things you wouldn't do on, on, on big projects. So, right. Yeah. Right, you know, make sure the the main character's somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, it's like why wouldn't? No, no, it makes sense. <laughs> and I mean, you can you can you can see some of their you know some of their theatrical posters they put out, but uh, I've been iffy on. But then they always have these these variants that are really really cool. Um, I love that they have like eight or nine or ten different posters. Yeah, that's like their approach. I think is to have the sort of generic one that's going to be in the movie theaters for like you know like. I don't know, the average people who maybe don't know what it is and so it needs that sort of pull. Yeah, and then they do, like, alternative ones that they'll do on social media or, like, do giveaways or, you know, that sort of thing. So it's it's quite a good approach, I think. And the more and more, they're definitely using that sort of pool of talent, I think, um, that does something different to the norm because it just sticks out it's like the thor poster uh, i've just i know i said before it was really cool interesting design i did think that's pretty much what i would have done for a, for a teaser poster for thor <laughs> uh nice and colorful but then like having natalie portman post the version that's her and it's the same but her that's just like brilliant clever yeah, well, if you if you get their ear anytime soon, you need to tell them to start putting that on their packaging too, because uh, something you know their steel books are usually pretty cool. Like I have a, I have a Guardians of the Galaxy steel book that's like the it looks like a cassette player, like that's awesome. But oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, the awesome mix volume one in it. Yeah, so those are like some of my favorite. But man, that that standard packaging they could do some really cool stuff with. Yeah. I've like only ever done a few Disney ones. I've done. Um, a couple of steel books for some, uh, just a few of the Marvel movies, um, which was uh, it was like through Best Buy, so I, it was like some promotional thing, and then it sort of fizzled out, I think. And then uh, like a Hocus Pocus, which for some reason was really popular. And people, there's a lot of people that love Hocus Pocus, apparently. <laughs> oh, Hocus Pocus! I, I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but Hocus Pocus. Oh, not at all. I'd never seen it. I've never seen it's it. It's huge here. So I had it's to watch huge. it for research, and I was like, really? <laughs> okay. So it's uh, uh, it's 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 stationed, it's set right in Salem, Mass., where they had, like, the right. Salem. So, so that's, like, I live half an hour from there, so October. I mean, forget it. The Hocus Pocus oh, people right, cool. come out in droves. So downtown Salem is, like, because you can go to the house and you can go to the filming locations because they, they shot a lot of it there. It's crazy around. Right. So I've always been, you know, it's it's not my favorite movie of all time, but it's it's, it's sort of like a holiday movie, isn't it? You watch it around Halloween. So I mean, like I've always watched Halloween, the John Carpenter movie. Like, um, but I guess when you're a little kid, it's better to watch something not quite as um, yeah. Same here scary and grown up <laughs> yeah so you know my, my wife hates horror movies so she'll watch halloween with me but like 
she'd much rather watch Hocus Pocus yeah. around Halloween. Yeah, my wife doesn't really like horror movies either, whereas I've always been a huge horror fan. So, um, Me too. Um, I, I don't know how we end up with people who <laughs> won't yeah. watch them with us. I got her to watch the new track. Halloween, that the not, not Halloween Kills, just Halloween. And uh, she did actually quite like that. Um, although it was too violent, she said it was too violent for me, and I was like, "It's kind of meant to be because he's going around killing people." That's the point. Yeah, uh, that's kind of that's, that's <laughs> kind of the plot. But like, that's the <laughs> like the limit that she goes to, and like Halloween Kills is much more intense, so that's like a no go. Uh, but also, it's like she wouldn't watch it. She wouldn't. We we got we got about twenty minutes into um, it, Volume One, and. We had to turn it off. She just hated it, and I was like, "Oh, this is such a good movie." <laughs> it is, I, I know. So, so my wife will come with me. She'll she'll watch the slasher movies. So those those don't bug her. Uh, it's not the violence. It's like the the supernatural. Like she can't watch Paranormal Activity. Like that will that will send her out of. Oh, see, it's the opposite. My wife doesn't like like people getting hurt, especially like young people. So kids getting stabbed and stuff. She's like, no. But, like, spooky stuff, she's fine. Like, Poltergeist, she's like, let's watch Poltergeist. I'll watch that all day. Oh. Oh, no. She, like, Insidious, The Conjuring, like, the, the paranormal. Like, like she had she had to walk right. out crying of a paranormal activity movie once, and I said, okay, that's it. It was it, it was too intense. But, yeah, now, and now anything with kids, now that we have a kid, now that becomes a lot more sensitive, too. So, yeah, I think yeah, that happened yeah. when we had our daughter. It was the same thing. And that is the bit. It's the bit in in it where they're bullying the kid, and they like start to to cut cut him. And she was just like, "This is going off. We're not watching this." And I was like, mm. "It's yeah, it's meant to be though." That's that's what I've always sort of said. Anyway, it's cool. Yeah, it is funny because I have. Uh, it's, this is the funniest story I have. Is we went to see Hereditary in the theaters on opening night, and she came with me. Uh, I, I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't mm. like watched a trailer. I was just like, I've heard this movie is incredible. Let's go watch it. And she went out before and she had a bunch of drinks and she's like, this is the only way I'm going to get through this. Like I need to be drinking beforehand. But of course the movie's like two hours long and it's like the last <laughs> 20 minutes that put you into this yeah. like absolute terror. So by that time. It's a slow build, isn't it? Right. And the drinks have worn off. So she was like, I am <laughs> never, I'm, I'm never going back to a movie like that. We can, we can maybe watch it at home, but you're never getting me back to a movie like that in theaters. Um, yeah, so other than, you know, Disney, Marvel, uh, I know you've worked with Studio Canal over in the UK on some uh, really cool horror releases, uh, actually ones that uh, I ended up, I actually have those, uh, I imported them from the UK, yeah, because they hadn't come out in the US yet, and I was like, these are all my, like, John Carpenter movies that I want, like, I'm importing them. Yeah, I did the four, I did the four John Carpenters, so had I worked with them before that uh, I think that was the first time I worked with them on a home release thing. So I did They Live, Escape from New York, Prince of Darkness, and The Fog for the 4K remasters, which they did in cinemas over here as well, which was really cool. So I got to go see them at the cinema. And they we did, like, the big posters that were up in all the cinemas and everything. So, like, like the sort of kid in me that used to go to the cinema and, you know, walk down the down the down the um aisle to the different screens and you've got the the posters along i always used to love looking at those when i was a kid and seeing what was coming next because that's how you found out what was coming next um and i actually had those 
John Carpenter person. John Carpenter's my favorite director as well. So it was just like brilliant doing them. I think I could be wrong. So I, this, I wouldn't take it as fact, but I think it might be the best selling um, 4K that they've ever had um, with Studio Canal. Those ones just sold so well. And they, they keep re releasing them as well because they're just so popular. I mean, the remasters are brilliant. I mean, I'm assuming you've watched them. But they're really, really good remasters as well, like quite sensitively done. You know? Yeah, and they don't, you know, that's that's always the thing is like I want it to maintain sort of an original look and feel. You you don't want it to be smoothed out. Not too much, You don't no. want them to start scrubbing the grain, you know. It's still a, it, it's a John Carpenter. Oh, yeah, like those Star Trek right? ones, the Star Trek Blu-rays right. where they just level like it's, wax it's terrible. From right, those first Star Trek movies were awful, and then so you know, I, I, I never want that. So, I do Studio Canal does a really good job with a lot of their, their releases. I've uh, I've imported a lot of their stuff because sometimes I even you know, I don't know what they're doing, but sometimes I like it better than the US equivalent. Usually, Shell Factory will put them out, they're they're close, but there's there's something different, yeah. I'm, I, they do they they like sort of work together in a way. I think I think they use the same um. Masters of the films or whatever. So, so yeah, they they use the same masters, but then sometimes there's you know there's different processing on the on the back end or something, or you know sound might be different and stuff yeah. differently, and and yeah, they they slightly adjust it. So it's it's always very close, but for some reason, you know, maybe I'm just a, a fan of Studio Canal and what they're doing. But I mean, I'm also a huge Shout fan. So yeah, I've been importing their stuff, and I. I did. I, I imported all all four of those in the artwork. I have to say, definitely caught my eye because it was so different from from what I was used to. Well, that was the thing. I, I had a we had a call. I'm doing some work for a, for a big studio on this ridiculous project, which I can't talk about. But uh, they came up, and it came up because of um, we did the thing as well with Universal, and it was the same art style, and they did the same box layout and everything so that when you've got it on a shelf it matches in and that was all agreed with with studio canal and everything so it was kind of like um i think one of the first times that's ever really happened across a studio doing carrying over like an art style like that um anyway they it was really funny they were like saying how they're horror movies but they've got pale spines and they said that's they were like that's a no 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 that's a huge no no you can't have pale because that's for romantic comedies and i was like can't you <laughs> it's meant they like they said right. we always do black yeah everything everything horror is you know black. and i was like well well hey i didn't they, they stood out yes yeah. it sticks right. out yeah that's the thing but the only reason why that is is because of the posters and i wanted the posters to have that sort of 70s feel and 70s posters kind of usually always would have had a border I guess it, I don't know if it's because of the printing, the way they used to do it, if it was cheaper or or it was just the way they did things. So there's, it was trying to give it that sort of retro feel, and then that just carries over onto the spine because it's sort of like the natural thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, definitely. You know, I, I had heard they were coming out, and I was like, okay, I'm interested because they hadn't come out in the U.S., and then the artwork is kind of what sold me. I was like, I can wait. I'll get the U.S. ones, but I really like the way these look, so that's that's sort of why I imported them. That's that's before I even never even you know talked to you. I had no idea you had ever done them, so I'm not a, I'm not just oh, saying that's very this cool. because you're Thank out you. here. This happened before. I 
before I knew you, but but yeah, you know, they're really, really, really well done. And if anybody out there is looking for cool artwork on these releases, you know, Shout does a good job too, but I thought that I thought those are really cool. So uh, Yeah, I like working with Shout Factory. I've worked with them on the Transformers, which is another one, like, which is, I mean, you can see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you like Transformers? Just a little bit, just a little bit. So that was just like, <laughs> yes. And I had to sort of pretend that I was cool. And I'm like, yes, I would love to work on Transformers. <laughs> and really, I was like, because I used to rent that on video every week when I was a kid. So then I get to the 35th anniversary artwork. And that's another weird one where you get like the like a style guide. And it's all sort of new versions because they did a whole bunch of new toys um, and they did new artwork based on them. And it's not based on the film. And they're like, oh, we want to sort of tie it in with all this. And I was like very much like, Shout Factory agreed with me, obviously. No, no, we should try and do it old and like the old sort of cartoon, the original Transformers, because, I mean, that's who's buying it. Um, And then that thing ballooned up into this huge project. And I did it for the UK and the US. And that was the, the um, this is the animated version, which, right. The animated 86 right. movie, not the, not the, not the Bay movies now. And so you do, the, this is, this is the Steelbook art, right? Steelbook and the Blu-ray and the 4K. The 4K, and yeah. I have the Steelbook, so that was my reference. Yeah, that's it. like got a hot rod on the front. And then I did the special box for Zavi in the UK, which is the swanky. Oh, Swanky Swanky. Yeah, I haven't seen Super that. Super limited one. edition, yeah. Yep. It's, got, it's got like posters, um, and they let me do a reversible sleeve. So it's got my artwork on the sleeve, but then the reverse is the original artwork as well, which they let me do, which was cool because I was like, I want the original artwork. Um, I remastered all that and stuff, so that was really good fun doing that. Um, but that sold out really quick. I think they did about 2,000, 3,000 units, and it just – because it's a limited edition, so they want it to sell out, I guess. It just sold out really quickly. And I'm like, I wish they'd done more almost. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem with the limited edition is like, uh, well, now only 3,000 people have access to it. But I bet that if it's popular enough, you know, they may just do a, like a standard edition re-release. Yeah. They tend to like, Arrow Video does that a lot with their limited yeah. editions. Well, the Studio Canal ones, these were limited edition. And then they did. Yeah. They did more, um, so which I can appreciate. Uh, I like that approach. I don't love the hey, there's five thousand. Get them before they're gone, or you never get them again. No, not me uh, neither. Really, it, it, you can just see it as a sort of second edition, really, in a way. Right. What's the difference? Yeah, it's you know, you you either get the. It's just like a book. You get the first edition yeah. of the book, or you yeah. know, you get the paperback. It's you know, either way, at least you're getting the content. We're not taking that away from because that's the thing, isn't it? Like you know, we as as nerds that buy these things, we bought it on. I mean, I don't know if you have, but I've bought a lot of stuff on video originally, then DVD, then HD DVD because for some stupid reason I decided to do HD DVD. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I had a stupid one. player on an Xbox, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, HD DVD is the way to go. That's the one." And I bought a bunch of them, which are all defunct. Um, I've got some laser discs somewhere for some stupid reason, um, and um, and then Blu-ray, and then 4K, and then special editions. So, like, I've bought Transformers like, like six, seven times, and then the one I've bought the most would probably be Blade Runner. I've had so many different versions of Blade Runner. Have you done a Blade Runner so. poster? 
Uh, I did do a Blade Runner poster, yes, but it was a bit... <laughs> Not your favourite? Yeah, I wasn't particularly happy with it. Uh, yeah, that might be changing in the future. You never know. So It's the f- it's the 40th anniversary this year, isn't it? Uh, what, what do we got? 1982, 20, yeah. 22. Yeah. So there'll be stuff, yeah. I would have thought. Probably, yeah. You think so. I mean, the studios never miss a chance to capitalize on an no, anniversary. Not on a film like that that everybody yeah. just buys and buys and buys. Because like, my wife's been said, "You've already got Blade Runner," and I'm like, "Yes, but I I don't have it on 4K." Or yes, but I don't have this box. <laughs> oh yeah, and so some of the movies like it's like I was saying I love Halloween, and I've. I've been collecting them on, it's like there's a their 20th, the 25th, the 30th, the 35th, the 40th anniversary. It's like there's every five years you're getting a new set in. I've yeah. still got my, my 20th yeah, um, um, anniversary of Halloween because yeah. it was one of the first, one of the first DVDs I bought. Is it the 20th or maybe the 25th? It might have been the 25th. Uh, 20th. 20 would have been 1998, so... Could've, no, the first. No, um, it might be the first DVD I ever bought. Definitely was the Matrix because I bought that in like. N- I feel like that was everyone's first in DVD. the stupid cardboard box. You know, that movie must have sold. Yeah, they it was like the coolest movie so that year. Well. You know, and I was like, well, yeah. I've got to have it, and I I it didn't actually have a DVD player time. or um, <laughs> a, a, okay. a TV to watch it on. Yeah. I had a DVD drive in my computer and I watched it on like a computer monitor. <laughs> so 1999. I thought it was amazing. That movie was just like perfect timing of crazy technology, this amazing visual and audio. And then DVD was like yeah. just starting to bloom. I mean, that must've sold millions in that. Yeah. I'd have to look. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the best selling DVD. I know that in or, the UK, because you know, I used to work at, um, I mean, it might have changed since then, but um, when I worked at HMV in the UK, the best selling DVD that the market here had ever had was Despicable Me. Really? <laughs> yeah. That is. It just blew up beyond belief for some reason, Despicable Me. Just everybody bought that it. That is surprising. Weird. I think here. I, I remember I them saying it's that. It's actually a Lion King. I think the Lion King blew up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to say that's number one. I think it's also number one of VHS, which makes a lot of sense, but I've never heard Despicable Me selling. I, was, I remember it. I mean, I could be wrong, but I remember it them saying that. And I was like, really? Despicable Me? Okay. No, I mean, you never know it. Well, it's like. You know, yeah, it's like it's so okay, true. how many how many copies of Hocus Pocus yeah. would would sell over in the UK? You know, it's it's different. You know, things blow up in in different countries. Sometimes it, it, it's so funny what what catches on. Um, so I mean, I've got we got just a couple minutes left here, but I did want to chat. Like, what do what do you have in the future that you can actually talk about that you're not going to get struck down by Captain America? Um, well. There's nothing I can talk about in specifics, but I, know, I can say I've got more projects with Studio Canal. Um, and then there's this big sort of project that's coming up uh, with the studio that's like 12 titles, which could still not happen. Um, but that one could be really, really cool and exciting. But this is this is in the UK, so it's kind of like I don't know if it will cross over to the US. As well, that's the thing because it's like the, the Studio Canal ones. Obviously, 
for some reason they did cross over into the US to a certain extent. I guess because, like you say, they hadn't been out on 4K yet over there. Um, but yeah, just the usual sort of stuff, anniversary stuff. Um, yeah. Anything that's come out lately that we, we may have missed or anything that is coming out? Yeah. I've not had anything out um, or since last year now. The thing that was the last big one, the thing 4K, um, which sold incredibly well, apparently. Um, it's a beautiful 4K movie. So, and then, yeah. And I, I was surprised, actually, on the 4K on that because I got the Blu-ray, obviously, and, I, and it is actually quite different. Substantially so, really. Because sometimes they're not that different. And it's like, did they use the same scan? Well, I think they did a new scan, right? Well, I think... Um, or is it just different if, timing on it and stuff? I don't know. It's, 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 I, I remember correctly, they, they had scanned it in 4K. So the poster I have behind me, that's the Shell Factory release. Pretty sure... Oh, so it was one of those where scan. they mastered it in 2K or whatever and then... Yeah. yeah. So they had to... They downscaled it. But when the new one came out, the biggest thing with the thing is the color timing was... It is different, improved. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was improved. I mean, a lot of it comes down to personal preference, too. And some people say, nope, I, I hate it. It's too yeah. much or it's oversaturated. But um, I love a huge jump. So I don't know if you've seen the Flash Gordon uh, 4K. The jump on that between the DVD, and uh, well, the Blu-ray even, and the 4K is mad. Like the red, because it's got so much red in it as well. It's just like so vibrant compared to what they did before. So I really like when they do stuff like that, to be honest, when it's like a jump in quality from an old film, you know, to, into a new copy of it. Because like modern films, they tend to just look good. It's like the Batman, that's going to look great on, on 4K. But I've not seen it looking rubbish on VHS, so I don't have that sort of joy of, wow, that... And then, you, you know, like, and the thing when you notice that the Doctor's got a nose ring, and you're like, <laughs> I never realised he had right. a nose ring. What the right. hell? <laughs> Because you can actually see it. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's true. That's why I preach like the these older movies. Um, you know, if you're looking at 4K, like, okay, I just got Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, obviously, it looks great on 4K. But when I'm doing my review, I'm like, well, yeah, it also yeah. looks incredible on Blu-ray because, I mean, it was shot yesterday. Like, how could it look, you know, really poor? These these older movies when they get this new color timing. Or if they haven't had a 4K scan yet and they go back yeah. and redo it. I just, last episode of the podcast hasn't even come out as of this recording. But I talked to James McCoskey, who did The Godfather and Apocalypse Now Restorations. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we we got in deep on that. But it's like, those are, like I don't know if you've seen The Godfather in 4K yet. But it's like... It's like, whoa. Wow. Like, okay, I'm, I'm watching this it. for the first time. Like, this is, yeah. It's it's incredible. So it is very true, and especially, you know, if you're just the average collector and you don't have the $10,000 home theater, it's like, that's that's where you're going to see your big difference. Definitely. In it's like, that, 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 there's that one, um, the Ten Commandments, that, for some reason, it, it, it looks like you wouldn't ever believe. It's crazy, like, the difference. And it's... And it's such an old movie. I love stuff like that when it's just like transformative, like to another yeah. level. It's great. That one is that that goes back and forth. Oh, does it? My number one. Like that one's incredible. 
Uh, if you haven't seen Django from mm. Arrow Video, that one is unreal for an old spaghetti. 2001, uh, the Kubrick movie, I, I enjoy that on 4K. That's pretty yes, good. Yes, incredible too. Yeah, so I mean, those are the ones I make a top 10 list and people are like, oh yeah, but like Avengers Endgame. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, but it's just not, it, it's it's not the exactly, upgrade, Exactly, yeah, right? it's that. It's it, it looks it looks awesome. Sounds awesome, of course, but it's not the it, if I'm going to pay 30 bucks to buy this on 4K and I've bought it on VHS DVD Blu-ray. Yeah, it's like that old the old scan on a DVD yeah. of a film when there's all the grain yeah. stuff and then when there's credits <laughs> right. and they right. they're rocking around like and they're not being stabilized and stuff. And it's like and then when that's gone and everything's super crisp, it's like okay, that's like how it sh- should be. It's incredible. Yeah. So. No, it is. It's 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 a really nice format, but it is it is probably the end. Uh, I yeah. don't know that we could go any further. So I think that you. Well, no, whether the streaming, it's like yeah. Well, I get. I, I mean, no, I watch films on streaming because it's, it's easy. Yeah, something. and I mean, I I definitely have. I obviously have a, a bunch of movies, and I like them, and I like owning them. But yeah, like if I'm just sitting downstairs and my movies are upstairs, I might just pop something on streaming. Yeah, but it's like the difference, isn't it? I'm not going to be buying Despicable Me on a disc, but I'll buy like John Carpenter movies because I love John Carpenter and I want to have them. Yeah, available at any time because then they're not all on Netflix or easy or easily readily available unless you've bought them. You can like buy stuff currently on like Amazon Prime and stuff. Um, but I think that's where you'll see a lot of business because when you get to 4K, we're sort of at the limit of the technology. Yeah. So now we need, you need something that's going to sell this movie, special editions, limited yeah. editions, steel books. Like they have to start catering towards collectors because that's who's buying. And I have a feeling you'll probably see a so lot. I think it's like selling editions. less. So you're not selling 50 million copies of the matrix Definitely or whatever. Less. Yeah. You know, like you're selling 10,000, but it's to people right. who are very hardcore fans and appreciative of having it. So it's it's yeah it's yeah a it's it's, it's a totally different market. It's not yeah. it's not nineteen ninety nine DVD sales of the Matrix. It's like right. Well, it's a collector's market instead of a mass market, I guess. Right, because DVD still dominates. If you look at sales numbers, DVD and at least in the US, fifty sixty percent of the sales. Oh, because it's what like five bucks or whatever for a, for a, for a DVD. Yeah, and, and you so, walk yeah. you walk into a Walmart and there's a bunch of five dollar DVDs. In the in the bin, people grab them and they're like sixty percent of the market. Blu-ray is like twenty, thirty, and four K is like ten. But you know the the amount of movies that are on each format also dramatically dips as you get further along. Um, you know, there's a ton yeah. of movies on DVD that never make it to Blu-ray, and Blu-ray that will make it to four K. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's sort of this like funnel of okay, now we're at the top, and we're all the collectors at the top that are buying these high-end releases. But you get more sort of um, picky about what you're going to buy because it's like, like you say, it's expensive. It's 25, 30 pounds for a disc. And um, so you just buy the ones that you love. Yeah. I mean, that's where my channel came from. Yeah. You know, is, is it worth the upgrade? That's what I, that, that's my reviews. You know, it could be, it could be a great 4k disc, but yeah. if it's not a huge improvement over what we already have, because they already had a great Blu-ray, it's a tough sell, you know? You're, you're going yeah. to spend 30 bucks, especially. Uh, well, special features that kind of were huge with DVD. And now new new films, they don't really do special features 
really, do they? You get like 10 minutes, a couple of sound bites and stuff. But they used to have like two hour documentaries and stuff that were really like the like the Blade Runner documentary and things like that. That like could almost be released as a f- film on its own that you could get because it's that good a documentary. So yeah, well, that's where the boutique guys come into play. Where it's like now, sure, you can buy the standard off the shelf release of a movie like Halloween, but if you buy the Shout Factory version. It has the packaging. It has special artwork. It has three hours of special features. It has commentary. That's that's where like Arrow yeah. Video Criterion Collection they they start to really they they've nailed the collector's yeah. market and they've really leading the way yeah. when it comes cool. to four K a lot of times. That was a nice chat. <laughs> it's it's the little the boutique labels are killing it. Yeah. So yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a this was fun. Definitely. Have to do it again. Certainly, I'll be. I'm keeping an eye out for your artwork. Uh, if anything, if anything new comes out, I know people. People can find you on Twitter, right? So we'll put a link down in the description. Yeah, just Google my name, Matt Ferguson, and then I'll pop up. That's. You have a website or anything you can direct people to, or just um, cakesandcomics.com. But if you again, if you just Google my name, I think it usually comes up first. Okay. So there you go, AOL keyword, <laughs> Matt Ferguson. Go Google it, you'll find everything. But yeah, I mean, you, you do a great job. So I'm really looking forward to what comes next. And we can get some yeah. get some prints up on the wall or something when I finally get into a new room and have some more room for posters because then Empire Strikes Back one, I got my eyes on it. It's really nice. That's, that's one I'm, I'm actually proud of. I can actually, uh, I, I think I actually did uh, a good job no, on that. Yeah. And I don't think that about myself. <laughs> All I see is everything I did wrong, but that one, I only had two weeks to work on it. I worked on it over two weeks. It was a really short time frame, and I just worked really long days, and I was like, it's one of those times where you're working on something and you don't know how you did it afterwards. I'm like, how did I do that? Just sort of came out of me like, done. Creative genius. It just just sparked and you went for it. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) You're too humble. You too. Thank you, you. Really do a good job. It looks really great. Seriously, but yeah. So uh, you can find Matt on Google. Matt do Ferguson. It. Check out his stuff. Find do him it. on Twitter. Go do I've it. I've got a poster company as well, which I would be remiss not to mention. Vice Press. We sell posters. Vice so Press. You, then you can you buy go. them and give me some money. <laughs> that sounds like a good plug. Let's go check out Vice Press if you want to support Matt. So yeah, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Hopefully soon here we can get some, uh, maybe get some new projects. We can come on and do some promotion, but really appreciate you taking the time. Good conversation. I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. I will uh, talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. So I hope you really enjoyed the interview with Matt. That was a lot of fun to talk to him, and he's a, a super cool guy. So definitely make sure you go check out all of his stuff. He's he's selling prints. He's got his big Twitter account with like 50,000 followers. He's big on Twitter. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's just making it as an artist. And, you know, I, I love that. I love these 
people that that take hobbies or or you know turn hobbies into passion projects into full-time jobs i think it's super cool and you know matt is definitely self-made from you know doing some avengers uh fan art to mark ruffalo picking it up all the way through you know now he's doing artwork for major studio releases and marvel you know theatrical posters it's it's really really impressive what he's been able to do so definitely go check out his artwork all the links will be in the description where you can go find those and also make sure you follow along here on the podcast if you want to hear more episodes like this we have plenty more coming each week so make sure you're following along leave us a five-star review if you're enjoying the content and that's about it so thanks guys have a great rest of your day and i'll talk to you all soon